Hey everybody, welcome back to the ElfQuest Show podcast. Ryan and I are here, and we have a special episode for you. Um, this is an episode where we're not going to necessarily talk about a particular issue because we have two special guests with us. Sitting here with me is Rob and Heather Biskitza. So welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Um, hey guys. Yeah, really excited to have you guys on the show, and we've been trying to get you know figure out a time to make that work, and and we have so. Um, Logistics. Yeah, for, for, for folks that um, are not uh, aware of who Rob and Heather are, they're, they're longtime ElfQuest fans, and um, old growlers out there might remember Rob from his old screen name as Fairlight, but um, if you're on any of the, uh, any social media for ElfQuest, you probably know Rob and Heather because they're pretty active um, on Facebook and on Twitter and on the forums and so on and so forth. And so that's actually the, one of the things that I really want to talk about with you guys um, is all of the amazing work that you guys really have spearheaded at, over at ElfQuest.com, working with Richard to sort of up, upgrade the website, update the forums, create really cool things like the Avatar Maker. So um, I'm just curious, like, what do you guys want to share with the world about all of that? Well, first thing is it was a lot of fun doing it. We um we got to a point with the old ElfQuest.com software where the software was proprietary and very expensive, but it was also cut pretty out of date, and there were you know it was very difficult to work with. Like I think in particular, Richard, you know, it was the way the software worked. It was a real chore just to kind of go in and check messages and keep things rolling uh, so we just needed to set up a new new site so we took out this old proprietary expensive hard to work with software which was pretty broken for users as well there was lots of broken features yeah I think we can all agree that the, the last iteration of the website and the forums had a lot of issues and it was frustrating for for users to just go there and try to navigate through. Mm-hmm. Right, and it had all these kind of Facebook-style features, which Facebook doesn't really have anymore. It's like It was kind of like an old Facebook clone from about five years ago. And uh, so we just kind of simplified and went with a WordPress and vanilla forums, which are like two separate pieces of software, which are like very common. There's loads of resources, so you can customize it to your heart's content. And uh, it just kind of made the site a bit more modern looking a bit easier to use uh, and uh, you know we saw a huge uptick in the, the number of people just using it day in day out right. even before the final quest stuff was really starting so right. I think I think it went down pretty good you know some folks didn't like the changes um, and we tried to kind of accommodate some of the requests that people made so there's some neat customizations that you don't usually get with WordPress. Right. Um, and I think everything went pretty good. I'm just going to interject here. Uh, Rob, we don't have to talk about ElfQuest. I could just listen to you read the phone book. <laughs> I'd be quite content with that. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, so um, if, if I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but I've actually been working with Rob and Heather um, as sort of worker bees working under Rob and Richard uh, to, to help with, mostly with the forums. Um, I don't know any of the tech stuff to actually build the website or whatever, but um, Heather, do you want to talk a little bit about what we've done with the character profiles on FWest.com? We've done basically a nice overhauling of 
character profiles um, updated it. Um, and there will continue to be updates as well as new issues come out, which is something to look forward to. So, like, when something new happens, like, we find out that Kavi is Tears' mom, we make sure to go in and we make sure to wait for the spoiler time, usually about a week, right. uh, to go in and update those. We've gotten better artwork on there. We now have pronunciation guide on there with some... Um, fun little tweaks that Richard put in to help uh, EQ fans know how to pronounce the names. Yeah, um, it's pretty yeah, obvious uh, that he, he, he was not directed at. <laughs> You're not alone, right? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't think it's it's definitely it's it's not for because there's a lot of people who who aren't sure how to pronounce things. Right. Obviously, sure. I, I thought it was strong bow. Yes, twenty yeah. years. I thought it was cuter, uh, so I was totally surprised. Um, so now we're making sure, and then you know, you never, you know, go in and, and take a peek because sometimes we might put in little Easter egg bits of information. We won't say where, we won't say when, mm. uh, we won't say if we will all the time. But you know, be sure to go back uh, and take a look and see what's going on. Uh, all those good updates for the Wolf Riders. We've been making sure that the Wolf friends that we know mm-hmm. are going up and and being put there, so you can have an idea of the Wolf uh, Wolf Riders Wolf friends because we all love those Wolf Rider wolves yep. as well. So, and one what thing I like is how um, you put in hyperlinks to actual pages from the issues. Yes, yeah, yeah that's the, uh, the profiles. That's been been a lot of work, but we've we've really enjoyed doing that. Well, so. and, and this is, I think, an important thing that uh, we want folks to know mm-hmm. is that you know when we when we sort of pitched the idea to Richard of updating these character profiles, um, you know, part of it was the three of us kind of positioned it as you know we don't want these to be you know just kind of like a laundry list of this is what this character did and this is who this character you know decided to have a kid with or whatever. We wanted it to sort of, we wanted these profiles to kind of communicate who the, who the characters were, not necessarily every detail of what they did. Mm-hmm. And because frankly, that's what the story is for. Yes. And so out of that philosophy with the character profiles is why we decided to hyperlink to the places in the story where things happen to them. So we can kind of reference them, but we don't have to explain it in the profile. And then honestly, from just sort of a marketer's point of view, it's just another way to drive more traffic back to you know other parts of the website and to get people to actually read a little bit of ElfQuest. Well, and this is also very important to realize as well, too, because I do see this a lot online. A lot of people will put on Twitter and on Facebook, oh my gosh, I didn't know ElfQuest was still around. First off, A, it never left. I will stress that. Um, but they'll be like, oh my gosh, I haven't read anything since, you know, Siege, or I haven't read anything since Kings. What's what's going on? I don't know who these, these characters are. And so if you want to catch up on your characters, but you're not sure where to start reading, if you go to the character profile and start reading through it and look at those links, that is going to help get you caught up on the storyline for your favorite characters that you want to know more about yep. in a bit more of an efficient manner. So. It's amazing, isn't it, uh, that you still see comments from people saying, I had no idea the series had continued. I just yeah. saw that the other day on Facebook. Dark Horse posted their um, solicitation, I guess, for the new episode, or the new issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody left a comment saying, wow, I had no idea the series continued. The art and story is amazing. So it's, yeah. it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know, people, um, you know, I, I, I've attended some conventions with Wendy and helped her at the at the table, and people come up all the time at these conventions and say, "Oh my God, I didn't know Elfquest was still around." And mm-hmm. Wendy and Richard both say, 
we never left. We've always been out there mm-hmm. in yeah. some way, shape, or form. You know, there might have been a couple of years here and there between projects, but ElfQuest never went away. And like, even, yeah, I got my ElfQuest tattoo when I was 21. I'm now 38. And every now and then, people will see Skywise poking up over my britches. <laughs> and there will be somebody who will be like, I, I know that face. I know. Who the, what's that? I'll be like, it's ElfQuest. And there will always at least be one person occasionally be like, oh my gosh, I remember ElfQuest. What happened to it? And I'll be like... It, it never stopped. Yeah. But I mean, I get high fives in the street when I wear my ElfQuest shirts and, mm-hmm. and all it's sorts really, of stuff. It's really amazing when you find people who know the series. Um, because uh, we are kind of a niche market as far as the comic industry is concerned. And um, it, it's kind of a special thing that happened when you find another ElfQuest fan. Yeah, and you know what? You never know when you're going to find another ElfQuest fan. Yeah. Uh, I have a... Uh, a professional contact that you know works in wildlife who recently um, asked to join the ElfQuest fan Facebook page, and it turns out that he's a, a, an ElfQuest fan. And like, yeah, you know, who knew, right? Um, I think he saw me posting about it on Facebook because we're face- Facebook friends, and yeah, that's how he made the connection. So um, yeah, so so I, I have to say for myself, being um, sort of a you know my Virgo sensibility getting to work on those character profiles and go back and kind of do the research and make sure that we're capturing the right elements for each of the characters has been really awesome. And and I've said this before on the show and I've written it online. For everybody out there, just remember that what, the, what happens in the comics that are done by Wendy and Richard is the canon. Everything else is sort of like reference material. So that includes the character profiles. Frankly, that includes things like the Gatherums and the Wolf Riders Guide. Um, this is how Wendy and Richard view them. Like they're going to tell the story how they want to tell the story, and if it ends up contradicting something that was put up on the website by us or in a book or something, that's you know, well, <laughs> say it. Heather. There are no contradictions. <laughs> so one thing I would like to add, though, is um, before we started, there were maybe seventy or eighty character profiles. And now there are about maybe 120. This is a big, sprawling epic, obviously. But there's still lots that we haven't done yet. Right. Like, um, there's uh, no profiles or only one or two profiles for wave dancers. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, a couple of the gliders are still missing. So there's still work to be done and still new profiles that will go up. Yeah, yeah and that's another thing, too, that uh, we, we've kind of taken a break these last few months. We did a lot of work on it in the spring. But... Um, but, you know, we still go in, as Heather was saying, and, mm-hmm. and update and tweet, but we do need to sit down and come up with our sort of our phase two list and start. Um, definitely the wave dancers need to be up there. Mm-hmm. You know, frankly, the humans um, are, are pretty sorely needing some love on the website. Uh, I don't even think, like, Ungriff John is even on there. Yes, Spe- he should be. Oh, is he? Okay. Yes, he should be. I'm pretty sure. All right. Um, Spirit think... isn't on there. And no, he needs to be honest. I think He's... he may be uh, Gotara Priest. I'll have to double check okay. that. First character with dialogue in the whole... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He really no, thinks... You guys have done an excellent job on that. I mentioned this to David before in one of the other episodes, but it's an invaluable resource, uh, the, the profiles of all the characters. So um, just the fact that you guys updated it after have, it, it having lain dormant for so long uh it's uh, an excellent um addition and update to the website so yeah I, I really thank all of you for putting in the effort for that and another yeah, thing to add is that the fans for years have had threads in the forums 
where they discuss specific characters. Mm-hmm. So once you've read uh, the profile at elfquest.com, you should always go over to the forums to see what everyone else has said about the character too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We're trying to, again, be as integrative as possible so that different parts of the website, you know, sort of help connect with other parts and get more people using the web and, and interacting with it and so on and so forth. So now, I can't recall, are those threads linked directly to the profiles for each character? They, they have been, they're currently not because uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a security problem with the plugin that connected them together. So mm-hmm. we've taken it down temporarily, but those linkages will be back up soon. Right. That's a great question, Ryan. Um, and so when, when that happens, what you'll be able to do is read the character profile. And then at the bottom of the character profile, you will actually see the discussion thread. And you can see what other people are writing about right there on the page. So you won't have to click away. And, so. and we do just ask for patience because obviously, as we all know, it gets very busy this time of year with right. holidays mm-hmm. and, and work and everything. So we understand everybody's, all the fans' anticipation because we're just as anxious uh, as well, but you know we have lots of stuff that's going on. So yeah. while we appreciate the enthusiasm, please remember <laughs> yeah, so it is basically the three of us. So yeah, real lives, yeah. real jobs. Yeah, you know, all that yeah. Stuff, so I have um, finals to grade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ryan and I Wait, you, you guys have stuff going on other than ElfQuest? <laughs> yes, it's the amazing thing. We wish we didn't, but unfortunately, we do. Yes, uh, Mama's got to get paid. Right. So <laughs> it would be nice to do nothing, but. Talk elf quests, you know, twenty four seven, which in fact is what we have been doing um, since Bob and Heather arrived <laughs> at my house yesterday. And so, um, is that what you guys were doing last night around the campfire? Um, For a good uh, part of it, yeah, yes. a, big, a big chunk of it. Um, yeah, so, um, so we're having. A, you, did you do the go back dance around the bonfire? <laughs> right, we're geeks, but we're not that bad. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you have a tattoo of Skywise. Yes, I do. Her scamp stamp. Yes. Yeah. Where is he? Skywise is in the lower part of my right back, right above my bottom. Okay. Well, he'll like it there. He loves yeah. it there. Yeah. He's still well, grinning after all these years. All right, Rob. You have to say that word again. <laughs> what word? The word you just said. Scamp tramp. Scamp stamp. Scamp stamp. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. I have. I have two. I have two tattoos. Both of them um, are geek tattoos. I have ElfQuest, and I also have a Star Wars tattoo. Awesome. What's so, your Star Wars tattoo? I have the Rebel insignia because I am Rebel scum. <laughs> so. There you go. Amazing. Um. So, have you posted pictures of your tattoo, the Skywise one? Yes, I have. Yeah, but it's yeah. been quite a while. I have. Oh, I must have yeah. missed it. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to post another one. I'll have to post another one again. <laughs> we'll have to put it with... When we air this show, I'll make sure that a, a picture is, is sent and David can make sure it goes up with the with the podcast. Perfect. Excellent. Um, in fact, why don't we make that the image for this podcast? That sound sounds bad. fantastic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you so... Know, We've kind of jumped ahead a bit into uh, the work that you guys have done, but I just want to take a step back and uh, ask each of you how you discovered ElfQuest. Oh, well, that, we actually talked about this last night, and that's actually where um, I wanted to go after we finished talking about the website, because these oh, okay. two have, have kind of a cool story. Sure. Um, so, so, before we do that, let's. Uh, I, I wanted Heather to uh, just talk, talk a little bit about some of the work, uh, the social media stuff that's going on. Um, Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Social media, we're basically, we're trying to make sure that Twitter, Facebook, um, working on getting 
Pinterest going up again, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, so if you have Twitter or want to go on Twitter, at ElfQuest, uh, Instagram is ElfQuest Comics, obviously the official ElfQuest Facebook page, and we're trying to make sure more current uh, updates are, are going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so information that some of you may have seen before, you may see again, but that's okay because um, Facebook is definitely a beast that has to be fed quite <laughs> often um, because the feed is is eaten Um, But we will be giving updates. Uh, We will be sharing lots of fan art um, that we can find. So also, if there's any interesting fan art, please uh, let us know. You know, send it our way. You can post it on the forums. Um, You can uh, send it it to us. We can get some information for you guys to send it to us. Posting on DeviantArt, posting it on Tumblr, posting it on the, once again, the forum itself. Uh, We're going to see about setting up a place for... To make sure it's much more easily accessible on the forums for people to submit that fan art. Um, and just other interesting and fun, you know, tidbits, not just even ElfQuest related, but just geekdom yeah, stuff related that as well. Yeah. To to ElfQuest fans. And so really what the message is there is um, you know, we we're helping out with the website and now we're helping out with social media at large. Mm-hmm. And so our 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 goal is to just get more people talking about ElfQuest. So if you mm-hmm. guys have interesting things you want to share and you're not on Facebook but maybe you're on Twitter you know hashtag ElfQuest or just hit at ElfQuest um, Mm -hmm. and any of those platforms um, Pinterest Instagram we're trying to get ElfQuest saturated into all of those places so that you know again we can get the most exposure for Wendy and Richard and Dark Horse and Mm -hmm. all the good ElfQuest stuff that we love just like if you go on to the Facebook page or the Twitter feed uh, today you'll see tweets and posts about uh, Badali Jewelry uh, who oh, yeah. is uh, having their new ElfQuest, uh, they have a new pendant. Yes. And yeah. a new keychain as well that's available, and some lovely wolf earrings as well. Yeah, and they're actually having um, a, a sale. sale today. I don't know if that will last by the time this episode No, it, it ends at midnight. Oh, okay. um, so, but I have, you know, you would see that on the page as well. Right. So, you know, that's, if you're wondering, you know, where can I find this ElfQuest stuff? You know, this is, this is the place to look and right. see. Um, and if it's not up there, we can probably be able to help you find it. Yep. Those types of things. Exactly. Um, so the last couple things before we dive into our stories. Um, two really awesome things that are on the forums that I'm having a lot of fun with. Um, one is the avatar generator that Rob created. And then the other is um, are the ElfQuest emoticons that folks in the forum created and Rob was able to get uploaded, um, specifically Elwing and also uh, Leannon. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's Leannon or Leannon, um, so if I mispronounce it, sorry. But um, I've created some really awesome ElfQuest emoticons. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, Rob, do you have any, anything to say about those, particularly the Avatar Maker? Well, that was fun. You know, it's making this cool thing where you can just pick different hairstyles, hair colors, facial features... It's the sort of thing where you think, oh, this would be pretty easy because you just have to draw a bunch of, you know, things in the right style and then, you know, combine them like like layers, you know, like, you know, where you just put one thing on top of another until you have a picture. But it's really not, not that easy. And the biggest, the biggest problem, one that I don't think I quite managed to solve, is that the... Uh, when you randomly generate faces based upon little snippets of art, it tends to look incredibly derpy. <laughs> so, about, so, so about half the... So even as it is now, about half the time where you just kind of load it up, 
and you get this completely random face at the beginning, it will look very derpy. But you can customize faces like the sorry, the eyes, the lips, the nose, all the different bits, and then move them around right. until you have exactly the right thing you want. And then it won't be so derpy, or it will at least be intentionally derpy <laughs> rather than just this horrifying mutant derpy elf <laughs> generated by a machine. Well, those are kind of fun too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so did you? Did you? Um, where did you get the art? Did you draw it yourself? Yeah, I did. Did it all of it myself. We, I tried to kind of incorporate um, kind of some of Wendy's art mm-hmm. just to give it that, you know, that verisimilitude, that kind of that on model look. Right. But the problem is, is that because all of, because it's like at a certain angle, mm-hmm. like if you if you make the avatars look straightforward, it's maybe a bit too engaging to viewers mm-hmm. to have hundreds of faces on the face just staring out of the screen, and obviously profile doesn't quite look right. So you have it at a certain kind of th- like a three quarter angle, mm-hmm. but that's like the hardest eye angle to draw, like a hundred different. F- sets of eyes at and anything that you might scan and take from the comic books may have been drawn at just an ever so slightly different angle and it just kind of adds to that to the dirt dirt, (laughs) if you try and incorporate it Uh, one thing that um, you know there were a few there there were a few like eyes and mouths and noses in there which are Wendy's stuff Mm -hmm. and um, I think uh, but it all had to be traced over anyway because you want everything to have a uniform look and mm-hmm. feel, so so it's so there's definitely a lot of legit Wendy artistic DNA in there, right. um, and sometimes you can kind of go through it and pick features and and get to something which is quite quite close to to Wendy's drawings. I, th- I think I think we, I think we kind of did pretty well, yeah. but it's also kind of limited, and all you can do with it is do kind of faces, mm-hmm. and you can. You know, there's a few suggestions of like to try and get to particular tribes. Like, there's all sorts of skin tones and hair colors and things. So that you know, if you're kind of aware of you know Elf Quest's various ethnicities, you can kind of aim for something in particular. But there, are, but there isn't anything like it, there needs to be when it comes to things like like accessories there needs to be more things like right. accessories more hairstyles headbands all kind of stuff like that uh, so are you planning on adding those things in at some point or is it, it, well what, what I want to do is rather than kind of tinker with what's there which people are generally satisfied with is do do it from scratch at some point in the future and make it a full body one because one of the things that you know lots of fans like to do is they want it they want it to be almost like a video game where they can do the attire and the different outfits and all the other things so that's what needs to be done next is to kind of redo it from scratch um, so how long did that take you from start to finish um, I'm trying to think like in a raw number of hours it took maybe 20 hours it was a, it was a kind of a, a fun project not too big not but not not slapdash either yeah, 20, 20 hours is nothing to just sort of shake a stick at. That's a lot of work. Well, I was sure. going to say, I think yeah, you're being a bit, uh, bit humble because obviously while he's doing this work, I'm making the tea. Um, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of work went into it and there, there is a lot of hours and it is definitely a labor of love on his part, um, which I know is definitely appreciated by me and, and many others. So I think you need to definitely give yourself credit for that because this is... 
this is once again stuff that's done after hours right. and all that, that good kind of stuff. So there, w- there was a lot of a lot of evenings spent on this. What was interesting is almost all of it was hand drawn on paper and then scanned. Mm-hmm. I'm not that good at drawing with the tablet. Mm-hmm. Like I should probably, you know, get better at that. But In all your free time. Come on up, get better at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was so there was that so a lot of the time was actually spent like laboriously scanning in paper, which right. you know, oh I, you know, I've drawn thirty hairstyles. Well, I posted some of your pieces on uh, on Facebook that I've seen, um, some ElfQuest pieces and they're really beautiful, the work that you've done. Do you have a background in art? Uh, well yeah, I went to school for two years um, to and was taught there oil painting in a traditional kind of by a, a ninety then ninety three year old instructor whose name was Desmond Choate and he had been like an, a political cartoonist in the fifties. Oh wow! And he was a very traditional style artist, like you know. And you, you drew all through childhood as well. You, sure, and you know you bring acrylics to that man's thing. You, you and know, he just slapped you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but 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 I think he may well have done had he been a little bit younger. <laughs> he just hit you with this cane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I'll echo that. Rob's stuff is is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's kind of a neat thing too is that I think so many of us um, ElfQuest fans were so inspired by Wendy's work that we taught ourselves to draw from ElfQuest. I, I mean, I know I did. And, yeah, and, and Ryan, you're a pretty amazing artist as well. So, you know, there's there's so many fans out there that are you know, whether they're doing it professionally or not. Um, and and you know, frankly, what what the skill level is is kind of irrelevant. Is you know, the point is is that Wendy's work inspires us, and it's pretty awesome. Um, so, um, all right. So, I think that covers all the things that I wanted to touch on as far as like, the website and the forums. Um, I have a question about the profiles, getting back to the pronunciation guide. There was talk for a while of doing an audio version of the pronunciation guide. Is there any movement on that, or is that not happening? Do we On hold for now, just due to, to scheduling and logistics. It okay. may be a project in the future, but no definites. Right. And, well, and were Wendy and Richard interested in actually recording it themselves? or I think... I remember there had been some interest, but I think it's a time. Yeah. It's a time issue. It's very, very difficult. So while it's a nice idea in theory, yeah. Um, yeah. whether it's going to come to fruition anytime soon right. is still to be seen. Yeah, so definitely no problem. Those guys are busy. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we obviously want them to be focused on telling the final quest, which is yes. why we're even you know helping them out with all the social media stuff in the first place mm-hmm. and why they, yeah. uh, you know, they're willing to accept our help because, um, you know... Wendy and Richard in particular, you know, they like to take care of their own baby. And so it's actually been a really phenomenal experience mm-hmm. for us to be able to, to you know, play this, this small role kind of in the background to help out. It's a little way of us kind of giving back, if you will. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into the juicy stuff. Um, Ryan, you know, you, you, it's so funny that you were totally reading my mind. Um, Go ahead and tell us your, you know, your story and how you guys met, and because it really is an example of ElfQuest bringing, you know, two amazing people together. Oh, do you want you want our, you want our meeting story on how how we met, or do you want how we discovered I ElfQuest? Want all of it. <laughs> you, you do the meeting story. I'll you, do the meeting story. Yeah. Am I good at the meeting story? Okay. Um, 
way back when, when the internet was new and creepy. Um, it still is. No, it was really creepy. Uh, uh, back in 1997, um, the Gazers website was was kind of shuffling about. So can you I, explain what Gazers is? Yeah, Gazers was the um, fan site set up for Skywise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been an ElfQuest fan since I was eight um, and had, had read basically all the way through. And um, I was in college. I lived in rural southeast New Mexico um, at the time. And the internet had, you know, AOL had just kind of gotten to where I lived. And the internet was definitely a brave new world. Um, So one of the first things I I wanted to see was, you know, like, what is is ElfQuest online? Those types of things. And also I wanted to see if there was um, Skywise, because Skywise is my favorite character, hence the tattoo. Um... And so I, I did a search, and I you know stumbled upon a few things, and I found the the Gazers website. And on the Gazers website, there was this tiny little picture of a spiky-haired, blonde Englishman um, <laughs> with some interesting quotes and everything um, about everything from life to vodka. And something about about it really spoke to me. And for um, a few days, I kind of you know mulled over it. Do I contact this website? Because once again, the internet was new and creepy, and it was basically, you know, be careful with, with what you do out there. Um, so I wrote, uh, after about a week or so, I wrote and sent in some of my uh, my own fan fiction stuff. Um, and I never really heard anything back for, for a little while. Really didn't think anything of it. And then a few weeks later, I... I did hear back, and it was from Rob. And basically, it was just, you know, exchanges of art and and um, writing for the Gazer site. And as with, with emails, you start writing back and forth and you talk, you know, about days, events, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I knew he was from England and he knew he was from America, so we were, like, asking things about our respective countries and, you know, finding out stuff about um, that. And uh, one, one day he asked me for his phone number. I asked me for my phone number, and I was like, well, he's in England. What's he going to do being 5,000 miles away? <laughs> um, so I gave him my phone number uh, and didn't hear anything for a while. And then I emailed him, actually, because my dog, Puck, uh, who's not named for Puckernuts, who's named after the, the Shakespearean character from Midsummer Night's Dream, she had busted down the shed door that we had and eaten an entire box of decon oh my uh, rat poison oh. to yes to which I mean this is my this is my baby so I had to like take my dog to the vet and get her stomach pumped and all this kind of stuff and um, I emailed Rob about it that day it was just like oh my gosh this is terrible um, and that evening the phone rang I was getting ready to leave for rehearsal and I picked up the phone and I said uh you know, hello, and this voice from the other lines, you know, said, is is Heather Johnson there? And I was like, oh, God, phone solicitation. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this is she. And he said, hi, Heather, it's Rob, how's your dog? <laughs> and it was just like, holy moly. And so that was once again in 97. And so for quite a few months, it, it was kind of sealed at that point. Um, I went over in 1998 before I was getting ready to finish up uh, my bachelor's degree, um, and we met for the first time 
in face after knowing each other eight months online. We met for the first time um, in person then. Um, and we had like the little party moment with, with the bus as my tour bus drove away because I still wasn't too sure how everything was going to work out. So I only scheduled two days in England and I was <laughs> off to Europe after that just in case it didn't work out. Uh, Clever girl. Yes, you know, you, you always have a plan B, ladies. Always have a plan B. Um, and But it, it, it did. It worked out. And uh, in 1999, we married. So basically, we met because of Skywise. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah. you know, it's. So tell the story of how you found Elfquest. Oh, now I'm sure someone else is going to talk for a little bit after I've told Wait about a second. Before, before we move on, how, how was your dog? She was fine. She was okay. absolutely fine. She lived many, many years after that. Um, uh, Rob got to know her very well. She was she was definitely she was the Haley's Comet of dogs, uh, for sure. She's that once in a lifetime dog that you get, and so. But she did live a long time after that, and it we did we had a metal door put in, basically, <laughs> on the shed because you know yeah. she she ate through the door. Oh my gosh! So. Yeah, I mean we we love them, but sometimes they're they ain't so bright. Yeah, and it was just one of those, just one of those things. But yeah, she was fine. She was fine. Well, wait, before... That's an amazing story, though, of how you guys met. And Skywise never suspected that he would bring two humans together. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think he's pleased. I think he's yeah, pleased. I yes. think so too. So, Rob, do you have anything to add to that story? You've got to have some insider quip that you yeah, want to add. Yeah, let's hear the Rob side things. Nah, she nailed it. <laughs> um. Alright, so do you want to tell your how you got into ElfQuest? Okay, I'll tell my how I got into ElfQuest story. Um, it was in August of, I think it was it was 83 or 84, whatever year it was, that the um, Marvel epic reprints came out for the first time. Um, my brother was a comic book fan, and um, basically I was allowed into his room that evening because of some negotiation with my mom. Um, and I was allowed to pick one comic book that I could read. Um, and so there's the, all these comic books in front of me, Judge Dredd and, um, and some Spider-Mans and some X-Men. And, and then there was two other ones in front of me. And one was called Moonshadow, which also, if you've never read Moonshadow, please check it out. It's phenomenal. It's all watercolors. The print is a bit hard to read, but it's a great story. One was Moonshadow... And one was ElfQuest, the uh, Marvel epic reprint. Um, And the cover just really grabbed me. Which cover was it? That's the cover where Cutter is standing by Nightrunner and he's holding New Moon forward and the fire is flashing behind him and to his his right is Skywise. Skywise is crouched down. Nightfall is, is down below them looking up at Cutter with great concern. And underneath, um, pick, you can see Picknose underneath the troll in the troll caverns. Um, and there was just such a sense of urgency and beauty to, to that cover. Right, that's, that's issue number one. That's issue number oh, one of the, yeah, of, yeah, the yeah, epic, yeah. of the epic reprints. Which also, by the way, a side note, is the cover for the ElfQuest adventure game. Yes, yeah. it is. Most definitely. It's one of the most... I've always said if I get anything that's going to be blown up poster size yeah. for myself, it will be that cover because oh, that's... And, oh, and also the cover of the complete ElfQuest 
Yes. Volume one, aka the Bible. Bible, yes. yes. Um, the, the Old Testament. Yes, the Old yeah, Testament. The Old right. Testament. Um, and so I, once again, I was just allowed to have one and it was like, this is, this is the one I want. This is the one I have to have. And my brother, he looked at me and he was like, that's the first issue. And there's this special power that little sisters have over their big brothers. And I just gave him this look and the will that he had was actually more like a sandcastle and I was waves crashing over it. And he was like, yes, take, take it, but bring it back in the same condition. Because when I was two, I destroyed his first edition of Ghost Rider. Oh, um, and he didn't forgive me for many years um, for that. But I, I took it, and it was just like, I was just absolutely enthralled by it. And I had to give it back. Um, but that, that was, that was my discovery. And then like a few weeks later, I saw number three and that's where Lita is being picked up by Cutter, mm -hmm. um, and, and hitting Rayek's spear and cutting it in half. I saw it at Ross Osco. I still remember the grocery store at Ross Osco. This is when they were still on spinner racks. Uh -huh. Um, and so I had missed issue two. And so for me, ElfQuest, I know this isn't a lot in our generation. For me, ElfQuest, I did discover it as a comic issue by issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just like, and since I was eight, I've never stopped reading it. I had no lulls in between with, with reading it. Um, even if I didn't like some of the stuff that was out in the nineties, I was still reading the original quest. Right. So you can always, I mean, really that original quest, you show me any picture, I will know exactly mm -hmm. where that's from because it's like burned totally, me too. into <laughs> to my retina. I remember reading a quote from you recently where you posted that it's the longest relationship that you've had outside of your family. Yes, it is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It is the longest relationship that I've had. And I would and I would almost say that when I saw that cover, it was recognition. Mm -hmm. it, it really was. That first issue cover was recognition. It, it saw my soul, and mm -hmm. I, saw, I saw it, and it was just like, this is me. And it, it got me through a lot of uh, tough times in life as well, and... Um, taught me a lot of things but but definitely out, outside of it because I was a Star Wars fan before that um, I loved Voltron as a kid I loved Thundercats mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff but I outgrew those um, I didn't outgrow ElfQuest because ElfQuest grew with me mm -hmm. I'm vigorously nodding my head for everybody that Ooh. is not sitting in the room here because I totally my, my experience is, is, is Pretty much exactly that, you know. I, mm -hmm. I I saw the cover of the Donning Starblaze um, book two. Um, a friend had you know brought them to school, and it was like recognition. I like instantly was drawn to it. Um, and then I I got my first individual comics with the Marvel reprints, which had you know were had been coming out. I think I, the first issue that I picked up was like issue thirteen, and I was able to go back and get the rest. But that's you know that's how I got hooked. But um, but Rob, now your turn. I don't think I've ever heard your story. So when I was a kid, they must have been nine years old, I was into those kind of choose-your-own-adventure game books. And in England, the, the kind of the popular equivalent was ones kind of with a fantasy theme called Fighting Fantasy. And I had kind of most of those books, so it was like a huge series. And it was... Basically, generic Tolkien-esque fantasy right. with a kind of an interactive twist. It was kind of a cool, cool thing in the 80s. And 
there was a, this kind of big guidebook to the whole series, which was like the coffee table book to Titan, the world of fighting fantasy. And I really, really wanted this book. So my father and I basically explored all of the whole Worthing, Brighton conurbation in the south of England. Like a, it's a city, like when you take them together, maybe half a million people. And we went to every single store that sold books. We spent all day looking for this book. And it was absolutely nowhere. It sold out. It's hot stuff. And uh, this was 88 or 89. And eventually, like, we went to one final bookstore, a new bookstore, which had opened in the town we lived, Worthing. And it wasn't there either. But, <laughs> but there was a new spinner of graphic novels by Titan Books, which was like Britain's first kind of big graphic novel seller, I guess, publisher. And one of the books that they had was Elfquest, and I like, looked at it and I was like, huh, what is that? And I picked it up and I was like, wow, this is different. This is like what I like, but it's not like what I like. It still had all the kind of the curious trappings of science fiction fantasy but it wasn't like other things there was something different about it it was obviously a kind of a, a more dramatic story less statistics dice less like someone's role playing campaign and I remember like flicking through it and I was looking at book one and just enthralled like what is this so I was like, I want this instead, Dad. I want this one. And he was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> right. After a whole day spent looking for this other book, which was nowhere to be found. So I didn't get to get it that day. But after a couple of weekends of like going back and like, you know, reading this in the store, uh, I finally got my way. And I was in. I was on my way. <laughs> that's funny um, uh, my dad has that same reaction about ElfQuest now <laughs> like, see that's I'll be so like, dad, no, you know new ElfQuest is coming out he's like you're 39 years old are you, are you kidding me I'm like yes no <laughs> see no I guess for me I was so lucky I grew up with a dad who really loved comic books uh, and his mother hated them and she got rid of a lot of his comic books so my father like always really enjoyed the fact because like, ElfQuest wasn't the only comic book I read right he always loved it and I like I remember one time when um, the issue hadn't I because finally I lived in the middle of nowhere in Indiana for a long time and I kid you I mean the middle of nowhere 2,000 people and maybe one sheep um, and I lived out in the country about three or four miles out of city limits so there was nobody mm-hmm. um, and the issue hadn't gotten there because I had to get it by mail order because wow. I I I couldn't get it in stores. This is why I always laugh when I hear people complaining about, I can't get the comic. And I'm like, you can get it online. Do you know what it was like living in the country in the 80s when you couldn't get this stuff and you had to wait for it to be shipped? Yeah. Um, and I remember it had been late, it had been late, it had been late, and I was just kind of getting bummed and I didn't know I was going to get there. And um, I came home and my dad had, because um, we even had a P.O. box. We lived so out of the country we couldn't even have a mailbox. Right. He had gone to the P.O. box and it was there and carefully when I got home on my pillow very carefully set up was the new 
Elf Quest, the comic I've been waiting for. Oh, what a good guy. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I, I, I want to come back to that. Um, but can, I if, just, can I just add in my dad story? Yeah, I was just going to really say, explains- I want to I come back to, to Heather's dad, but I want to hear your story, Ryan. Yeah. Okay, well, it, there's not much of a story, just that my dad always read all of the comics that I was collecting too, because mm. as a kid, he was a comic collector. And I, I think he still has a few boxes in their house filled with all his old comics from the 50s and 60s. But uh, yeah, he became a, an ElfQuest fan. He hasn't started reading uh, Final Quest yet, but um, he's, he's waiting until the collected volumes come out um, because That's he awesome. read everything awesome. uh, through the graphic novels, the Father Tree Press ones, which were the ones that... Um, I collected. I, I'm a bit younger than you guys, so I got into it in the 90s. I think I, I uh, related my story of how I discovered ElfQuest, which was with issue nine and a half of um, Hidden Years. Oh, cool. That's, um, a, that's yeah. a crazy issue to dive in on. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this was this was the one with the um, the centerfold with Tildak in it, and I saw Tildak, and I thought he looked cool, so that's kind of how I got into uh, ElfQuest. Right. But yeah, my dad's read... Uh, all of the series as well. So that's really awesome. Um, so the thing that I wanted to um, go back to um, was, you know, Heather, you talking about your dad made me realize that I wanted to follow up on something that we talked about, Ryan, you and I, in our last episode, um, the episode about Final Quest issue number six, where I might have gone on a little bit of a rant and a tirade about Ember sitting on Cutter's lap. And so yep. earlier today, um, we were sitting in my living room, and of course we were talking ElfQuest, and, um, and I was mentioning that scene, mm-hmm. and how I just, you know, like, it bothered me because I thought it kind of infantilized Ember, and it just didn't seem right for a chief of her age to want to sit on her dad's lap. And Heather looked at me and said... Fathers and daughters. He just, if, if it's, it's, think about our, our daddies, you know, that no matter how old we get, um, we when when stuff is really tough, and we need our dads. That's what we do. Even even in my twenties, uh, my father passed away when I was twenty six. There'd be times when I would have him sit with I'd sit with him that way and let him hold me because it's just there's an amazing sense of security. There's a special bond mm-hmm. with um, fathers and daughters. There's just something there. So when Heather said that to me, I was like, okay, I get it. And yeah. You know, especially coming from someone like Heather, who is a, you know, very strong person and, you know, not sort of a shrinking violet by any stretch of the imagination, um, <clears throat> crim. <clears throat> so, you know, for, for you to say something like that really makes me kind of see, I think that's where Wendy and Richard were going with it, mm-hmm. that, you know, Ember is a daddy's girl on many levels, even oh, yeah. into adulthood, and she just needed that extra little bit of comfort and... And I'll buy that. I'll mm-hmm. buy that. It's still... And it couldn't really work in reverse. I mean, I couldn't sit on my mother's lap because I would probably crush her. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, even with Nightfall and Tilly, you know, they never get too big to hold under your wing right. mm-hmm. every yeah. every once in a while. Right. And and that's the thing with also you have to realize a lot of times like with parents, you're you're always going to be their baby. Right. No matter how grown up you become. And there's times when you'll always need your your parents and mm-hmm. not to go like too too melancholy but I worked um at a retirement village when I was in high school and I remember talking to an 80 year old woman and she was telling me about her mother and her mother had obviously died years ago and she was like there's still times I wish 
my mom could mm-hmm. hold me. You uh, know, so, you know, yeah. it's, I, I, I think it's... Even, like, thing. thinking about that, it just, uh, it's too much to think about, too much yeah. to handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. so I think that's, that's the thing, is it wasn't going for trying to make her look weak, it's just trying to show the love and support that she can get from her father. Right. And there's a certain vulnerability we can have with our parents that we can't have with nobody else. And I think that's the other thing I, that I'm sure was in Wendy and Richard's mind with mm-hmm. that scene that, you know, no matter how big you get, you know, again, you, mm-hmm. you always need a little bit of parental comfort there. Um, and so I, I'm just, like, I love the fact that we can have conversations like this. And yeah, we, we, you know, we're in person here having this conversation, but the fact that, you know, Ryan's in Canada and all the other fans scattered around the world that mm-hmm. we can sort of have these reactions and put them out there on the forums, on Facebook, in the podcast. I mean, you guys are all part of my experience reading ElfQuest now. You know, it's not just me and the story and the book and, and Wendy and Richard. I mean, I get layers and layers of, in, of, of insight and interest and things that I never would have thought of mm-hmm. through the discussions and the conversations that we have. So you know I think it's of, awesome. Is um, Sunstream is uniting all of the elves and we're being all of the fans are being united through the internet so the internet is basically our sunstream live stream yeah yeah live Live stream yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so um i don't know is there anything else that you guys want to you know throw out there or chat about before we Uh, go well actually i wanted to ask you guys about your cosplay because it's amazing, and um, if you just wanted to talk about that for a bit, uh, you, you hardly even have to do anything. You both embody your characters. I mean, Rob, you are Pike. <laughs> <laughs> so that came together. Obviously, we just decided we wanted to do cosplay. It's one of those things that's kind of really popular now, and we never got around to doing anything like that when, when we were younger fans. So we decided to give it a whirl, and... Uh, I guess the first step was you have to sort of think about how the costumes change a bit, you know, going from something which is like, you know, 100 pounds to something which is 200 pounds, you know, you're you're bigger creatures. So you kind of of redesign things subtly and think about it. And we had, you know, I know that the proper way to do cosplay is to do it yourself, the whole costuming thing. But we actually left the hard work of cutting and sewing leather and all that stuff to Roberta Weisberg and her assistants, who uh, is a leather worker in Pittsburgh, where we live, who who is just astounding, really good. She She's, worked on the Dances with Wolves film. Oh, wow. Right. wow. So, yeah, she did an amazing job in both of your costumes, yeah. Um, so... And then once we kind of got it together, I made like and bought like weapons that look quite realistic. And we, you know, we just did our hair and went out to the woods. And there's lots of forests around Pennsylvania um, and just took a few photos and it all all kind of came out pretty good. Well, and I remember um, at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of years ago. Was that the first time that you had donned the, the Pike costume? Well, so at, at San Diego Comic-Con, we didn't really have the costume. Just I just had, you know, something that kind of looked vaguely uh-huh. like the character. And I turned up, you know, with the ears. Right. Uh, basically, that's it. Just and turned the contacts. Up, turned up with the ears right. and 
contacts that kind of make your eyes look bigger and have the look, you know, um, what are they called? They're called scleral contact lenses. They just make, they make your iris larger, which creates an illusion of, of, of larger eyes. And uh, that was fun, but that wasn't so. That was kind of a pseudo cosplay, in that you know there wasn't really, the outfit wasn't quite right. You know, right. it was just a bunch of seventies leather. You know, right. Well, which you know that's pretty close to the design, right? But, <laughs> yeah. But well, you certainly perfected it by the next go around. Mm-hmm. When when you guys are out in the woods doing that, does anyone ever walk by and? Look at you! Like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> no, uh, Pit, no. Pittsburgh's a pretty funky city, funky town, and a lot of filming goes on in Pittsburgh. So when you see people out in the woods doing stuff or anything like that, it's no big deal. I mean, seriously, from like August until November, we have people dressed up like zombies wandering around downtown. <laughs> so Pittsburgh and, yeah. has the world's largest furry convention. Every oh, okay. year, so, so you've got nothing to worry about that. So it's like, I mean, you, you go to Pittsburgh, you go, you go to Pittsburgh in July, and you're walking around and downtown is full of people in these fursuits, which is like, I mean, this this is make, I mean, it's not cosplay, it's something even. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Those guys, yeah. those guys are really into it. You know, they have yeah. air conditioned outfits and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's wild, and it's wow. really surreal, and so. And you know, you could you could walk. I mean, it's like the part of town we live is just opposite, um, and we spend most of our time in the Strip and Lawrenceville, which are kind of the hip areas of Pittsburgh now, anyway. So, you know, it, it just looks like a particularly hip affect, hipsterish affectation, anyway, to be dressed. I saw a guy, same. yeah, on a motorcycle wearing a boa constrictor around his neck. Oh, jeez, you know, that so, drives me crazy. I well, yeah, it drove me crazy too. Oh yeah, um, you must hate that. Um, and then there's like a guy on a bicycle with a parrot who goes around town, um, and it's just like so. Two people dressed up as elves. Right. No you know, okay. no one bats an eyelash. All the more reason why I need to come visit you guys soon because <laughs> it sounds like a fun place. Um, what about Krim? How did Krim sort of come to be? I mean, obviously, you know, when you're married to the human incarnation of Pike, it's probably a good character choice. But it's ironic or, or, or interesting that you fit Krim so well. Um, I, I th- yes and no. I definitely, I mean, I enjoy Krim. Most definitely, there's lots about her I respect um, and enjoy. I'm definitely a bit more mothering than than she would be, um, um, as you well know. Yes. Um, but it was just it was just the logical the logical step mm-hmm. um, to to who you know if if Rob was going to be doing the cosplay, then Krim seemed the logical step right. for me to do. So I said, let's let's go for it. So I'm actually I've got a few other cosplay ideas in my head. For both the world of ElfQuest and outside of oh. the ElfQuest world, that, mm-hmm. I, that I'm working please, on. Please reassure me that you have no intention of uh, bringing sharp objects near balls. <laughs> I will make no such promises. <laughs> um, I have I have taken care of a few gentlemen in my day who painted it. So, but I tend to use my words. Um, boot or my or boot. This yeah. is the waves crashing over the sandcastle. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, this isn't. That isn't waves crashing over sandcastles. That's fists pounding into the sand. <laughs> 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 um, subtlety's not always my strong point. Um, 
where where's once again that's something I respect with Krim most definitely. But you no, know, but I I've been wanting to do a few other ones, but yeah. also outside of the realm of ElfQuest as well. Oh, so well, we will we will eagerly await to see you know what you guys come up with next. Yeah. Um, I have to I have you guys to thank for that picture um, from San Diego Comic Con this year of me and elf ears because. Rob and Heather, um, you know, packed an extra pair of ears for me, which was really awesome. And then they they put them on me, and I'm not really um, a cosplayer by, you know, it's just not like a natural inclination for me. So um, again, not and also because I'm in no way or shape formed like an elf, so I, you know, just wouldn't really be able to pull it off. But I still think we should have you as old bar. I know, I know. I yeah. still have all that fabric you gave me too. Yes. Heather gave me a bunch of um, sort of leather looking fabric, so we were toying with the idea of. Um, you know, me putting together an old bar cosplay. So we'll, we'll see. We'll have to. I, I, I got it back here, and then I realized that I have zero sewing skills. I wouldn't even know what to do with it. So. Well, see. Well, have, then you have to come to Pittsburgh so I can do it for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, Ryan. Well, do you have anything else that you want to ask these guys or stuff you want to throw uh, out? No, no. I think uh, I'm, I'm good. That was a great conversation. I'm, I'm glad we finally got a chance to talk with you guys. We're glad got to talk with you too. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I, I have to get down to one of these cons with all of you at you, some point. You totally do. Yeah. So yeah. I think Wendy and Richard might be taking a break from cons this year. I think so. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, if we end up going to any, we'll let you know. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And um, after we um, after we stop here, um, we're going to noodle around an idea for another. Um, special sort of fan input or fan, uh, uh, yeah, fan input episode. Um, mm-hmm. we, Ryan, we, we hatched an idea um, earlier today that we want to run by you. So we won't spoil it for the listeners, but um, be on the lookout for that. And of course, um, our next episode on an issue will be in December, when, or I'm sorry, in January. Uh, see, that's me wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, waiting two months. Torture. Um, Shut up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so we'll be back with our regular uh, episodes in January. Great. All right. Bye, yeah. everyone. Bye. 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 The music you heard throughout this episode was a track called Call of the Ancients from the album Eternal Saga by Antimarty Kanan. And that track, plus thousands of others, are available royalty-free for your multimedia projects from jamendo.com. That's J-A-M-E-N-D-O dot com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Till next time, shade and sweet water. <laughs>